Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. The word is harvest, to grow, to increase, to reap. A reaping, there is a reaping. And the scripture is this, Matthew 9, 35 through 38. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming or preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. Three things right here we see. Teaching, proclaiming, or preaching, some translations say, and healing. These are three of the five I'm going to mention when it comes to what we do as laborers. Teaching, preaching, healing. What's your will or what's God's will for your life? What's his purpose for you? Teach, preach, heal. And why do I do all these things? Here comes a fourth labor that we do. Compassion. Love. I teach, I preach, and I heal. When I say I heal, let me help you because some people are like, oh, do you heal? No. Jesus works through us, the Spirit of God in us works through us and for us. So that's what I mean by I heal. I don't have any power, only the power that's in me through God, by the Spirit of God, by His anointing that's in us. Amen? So I have compassion and love, and what shows that I do? I teach, I preach, and I heal. Notice compassion that word in itself, if you look up the meaning, this word, they didn't have a Greek word for it. They didn't have a way of expressing this word. And so the disciples, actually, this word that they wrote meant a deep yearning, a deep movement like within their intestines. It's so deep. This love, this compassion, I have a deep feeling for sheep that are astray, for people that are helpless, that are troubled. I have this deep urgency within me. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. It's kind of like maybe the love you have for your spouse or your child is deep within you. Like you see somebody talk, someone, if you see somebody come and talk trash to your son or your daughter, you're like, <laughs> we're fighting. I'll turn the other cheek tomorrow. I'm, I'm, I'm messing. In some ways, I'm not. Lord, help me. I'm still growing too. But it's a deep love. It's a deep. And this is what Jesus had for these people that were following him. You read all of Matthew 9. Man, so much happened in Matthew 9. But he was teaching, he was preaching, and he was healing. And it was a deep love. They were like sheep without a shepherd. They were scattered. They were helpless. They were troubled. Just goes to show that even the Pharisees and the religious leaders in those days could not gather those scattered sheep, could not speak life into them, could not lead them into the right direction. They needed Jesus. It showed the state of the people in that time. And it's so true even now that the state of people within this region, the state of people within our country, and the state of people within this world. There has to be churches that God 
ordains and puts in regions specifically for the sheep that are scattered, that are spiritually dead, and are really, the word calls it apostate. They're, they don't have any knowledge of doctrine. They don't have any understanding of the word of God. They're so twisted and distracted and distorted in their view of God that they're lifeless. But this is why God has called us, Pursuit Church, to be here. Am I saying that all other churches are not alive and effective? No, I didn't say that once. I bless those other churches that preach the name of Jesus and that stick to the word of God. We're in this together. I bless them. I pray for, I pray for the pastors of the Morrington Peninsula and of Frankston and of the Melbourne region. Even just we, this week, I looked up on the website of different pastors throughout this region and started calling them out by name and praying over them. I'm not in competition with anybody. I'm not going to compare myself with no church or no one. I will not be caught up as a pastor, and this church will not be caught up in that. Let me help you today. We're not going to get caught up in that as a body. If I don't have compassion in my heart and love towards everybody in the household of God, there is something wrong with me. There is something wrong with us. There is something wrong in the very intent of our heart, and we have to correct it. This church is going to have compassion for the sheep that are scattered and that are helpless and that are troubled. And we are going to pray pray for those and bless those all around us that are working unto God and for God. So don't get it twisted and think, well, my church is better than this church. I understand having some pride about yourself. I get it. That's fine. But don't get it to a place where you say, you know what, they're lifeless. There's nothing good about them. Be careful who you talk about. Don't touch God's anointed. I'm just judging the tree by its fruit, though. Let God judge them. You keep on walking in the will of God for your life. How many people you got born again this week? How many people did you lay your hands on and got set free? Before you start doing all that, don't be talking about other churches and other pastors. It's easy to talk. It's easy to criticize. The whole world does it. But this church won't get caught in it. This body won't get caught in it. And as a shepherd and as one of the pastors of this church, that's under the authority of our pastor, I won't let it happen. I'm not saying anyone's doing that either. That's not why I'm even saying that. I'm setting a tone for this church for this year. That's what I'm doing. I'm setting an attitude of how the posture of this church is going to be because there's harvest for this church. There's harvest for the kingdom of God. And we have to be laborers. But we can't be so distracted by everything else that we can't labor for God. Remember, I talked about it last week. Distractions, two of the most worst distractions in a Christian's life is laziness, laziness, and distraction. Laziness and distraction. Now, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then the last labor we see in verse 37 and 38, he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly. Come on, say pray earnestly. Pray earnestly, fervently. Have some zeal. Pray. Get into that place like, man, last night when I was at home, it was about 745, and I literally felt the spirit of God come on on me. And what what I mean by that, I just feel him. 
and saying, where are you at? Because around that time, if you know me, I come to the church, and around 8 o'clock, it's praying time. It's seeking God time. You can ask my wife. And around 7.45 last night, I just felt it. It hit me hard. It's like, come on. I wanted to cry. I just, I had to get, I told Lana, like, I got to go. <laughs> I got to go a little earlier. I got to go. Now, I didn't have that feeling, I'll be honest with you, about a year ago. Now, I've been a Christian since I was six years old. I've been raised in church my whole life. I've been part of a spirit-filled church, too, where I've seen miracles, supernatural, God do great things. But never in my life, like it has been this year or this prior year of 2022, have I experienced God as much as I have. But let me help you. You know where it started from? A personal decision within my life that I was not going to have anything that was going to distract me and keep me away from him. So I set time to be with him. This year or this past year, it's kind of weird saying this past year, but I'll get used to it. I've set myself for God. And because of that, I've seen God move, but I've also seen a knowing of God. A, I'm able to hear God more to where I was a year before that. So, and I've had people tell me, like, man, your preaching's been awesome. Oh, you're so powerful. And look, I don't let that thing get in my head. And I, every person that's ever told me that, and you, some of you are witnesses to that, what have I said? It's only because I've been in more fellowship with God. Meaning, anybody can do it. Anybody. If there is one thing different, or thing that I did different this past year, that I'm praying that the church will get into, is praying. Is fasting. I fasted and did things throughout this past year, and I'm not going to go through all that. But I've done things for God, not because I'm trying to become something, because I want to know him. My prayer life today is no longer going in there saying, God, I need you to do this. God, where are you? No, it's more so, God, what can I do for you? I miss you. I know him. And sometimes I think about that now, and I look back in the past 30 years of my life, I'm like, why was, why did I, what was I doing? I'm not saying that I haven't loved God, that I've been faithful to God and grown in his word, but I've noticed in one year greater growth than I did and say in 25 years. And it started with just seeking him. And I heard it my whole life. Ask. Seek. Knock. Pursue him. I heard it my whole life. And I did it halfway, half-heartedly. I would start a fast, like we're about to do tomorrow. I start really well the first 10 hours. And I broke it. I'm sorry. Pray for me. I know you got your halos all shiny. Again, the first few days, I'm like, man, I'm hungry. That's the point. Pray. I remember, I'm going to say this, and I think I can't spend long enough to do it now. When I first came out here, it's pretty funny. When I first came out here, I was 18, 19 years old. And I was visiting the place. I came with my parents. The church was doing a fast. And Pastor Brian, and I, I'm, look, I'm, I'm new to the area. I was just here for about three, four months. And they're doing a fast. And I remember probably about two weeks in, it was a 21-day fast. 
Pastor Brian looks at me. I'll stay with him at the time. I'm sorry, Pastor Brian, but I think it's okay. It's kind of funny. He's like, hey, you want to go get some pizza? <laughs> now, look, this is like 12 years, 13 years ago. We're not that way anymore. <laughs> but it's just hilarious. And I remember being 19 looking at him like, can we do that? He's <laughs> like, yeah. And I remember Pastor Christy looking at us like, y'all are wrong. <laughs> y'all are fasting. And you know what we did? Went and got pizza. Felt terrible afterwards. You know what we did? Did we stop fasting? No. We went, went right back into it the next day. Why do I say all that? This may be new to you, praying and fasting. It's okay. I'm not asking you to fast for 21 days without eating. That's why the paper and stuff that you got handed to you, look over it. There's different types of fasts. If you're new to fasting completely, look over those things and see what you should do. Ask the Spirit of God what you should do. Now, if God tells you to fast more, and let me, I just said this last week, I've got to say it because I, I don't want you to say that my pastor told me to fast and not eat food and then go to your, and you have some health issues. No. Even if you look in the notes at the beginning of that, it says, talk to a doctor before you fast if you have any physical issues. Consult the doctor. But if you are going to partake in this fast with us, which I hope you are as a body of Christ, because we're doing this is a corporate fast. This isn't just me and a couple of the people in the church. No, it's a corporate fast. We're praying. I'm about to give you some things we're praying for and believing for. But don't fast. If you're going to fast for 24 hours, don't fast longer than three days. And make sure you drink water. After that three-day mark, if you feel like you need to keep on going, you make sure it's the Spirit of God telling you to do that. Make sure it's God. There's different types of fasts. Partial fasts from 6 to 6, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., where you have one meal in the night. There might be just one meal that you can do. Now, remember, as you're fasting, you're praying. You're going to notice your life will change for 21 days. Now, I know some of you work. And you can't have your life changed. You still got to work. I get that. Be led by God. Do what you can do. Don't be discouraged because you can't fast all day. Do what you're able to do. Do something that you know that will be a little bit of a stretch for you and do it in faith. Because the reality, it's not about just not eating food. It's about praying and seeking God. And it just so happens that when you starve the flesh or the stomach, you're able to hear God a lot better. So that's why a fast is not eating food. It's not fasting social media, not fasting sugars and caffeines. I mean, during this year, you see the Daniel fast where people get their social medias all looking nice, got the cool pictures. You can do your quinoa and your cauliflower salad. And I'm not hating all those things. It's great. But we always created like a fad. It's Daniel fast time. No, this is about consecrating yourself. It's about crucifying the flesh. It's about seeking God. He said, pray earnestly. This is the fifth labor. Pray. The church is going to pray. On Wednesdays, 6 a.m., 11 a.m., and 6 p.m. I said I wasn't going to have a night, but I am, because I know some people can't do the morning and afternoon. We're going to have three times of prayer. Each one's going to be an hour. 
You can come to all three. You can come to one of those. I want to encourage you, if you can, come to one. Make a decision every Wednesday for the whole month of January. There's only three Wednesdays left. That you come to the church and pray with us. There's prayer, things that you can speak, um, confessions, prayer points that you should have. If you didn't get any of that stuff from the front table, I want to encourage you, please get it. There should be four things or three things now that you should get. How to pray is one of them. How to encounter God daily within your life. The second one is how to fast. Some of the feelings that you'll experience when it comes to your physical body. Because you will be hungry. You might have a couple of headaches because of the amount of sugar and caffeine that we consume. And then the third thing is prayer points. What we're praying for as a church. Jesus said, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest, meaning the harvest comes from God. We see this in the Bible in 1 Corinthians where Acts, or sorry, where Paul said, I plant Apollos waters, but God gives the increase, meaning I cannot make this thing grow. You cannot make this thing grow. Now, I could, if I wanted to, use methods to bring people. But if I just try to win people over that way, I'll have to keep on doing it that way. That's why sometimes we, we, we don't do certain things that you may see at other places. Not dogging on them or hating on them, but I just know that sometimes they don't work. We got to stay true to the Word of God. We got to give them the meat of the Word of God. But we know that when it comes to the harvest, God causes increase. He says to pray for laborers into his harvest. Notice it's his harvest. Nothing about you, it's his. I'm a laborer for him. I work unto the Lord. The Bible says when it comes to praying, it means to want or to entreat of God. To want for myself. Meaning I want what God wants. I pray not according to what I want, but to what he wants. God, you said the harvest is ripe. And you said pray for laborers. I'm praying for laborers. I'm going to labor, and I'm going to pray for more laborers. To beg, to request, to beseech of God, to need of God. To have a deep personal need, to be in want. To feel this constant pressing need of having to be with God, having to speak to God because of lack. Because of lack. Meaning, there's not an, I don't have enough of you, God. I need more. The church needs more. This region needs more. My family needs more. I have this deep, pressing need because of lack. And this deep, personal need causes me to pray earnestly, to be specific in what I pray. So that's why we pray specific things. We're not just praying everything and all things over the sun. I don't know if that's how you say it. Probably not. In the sun, over the sun. Under the sun. Thanks, babe. She's got me. But we are specific in what we pray for. That's why there's a word that God's given his church. Harvest. Specific. It could have been faith. It could have been joy. But it was harvest. For a specific reason. And it says this, that we pray to the Lord that he would send out laborers. Now, the Greek word 
is a very, it's a lot more forcible. There's a lot more force behind this word. It literally means to push them forward. Send out labors. Push them out. Forcibly. Like push them out. To thrust them out. It's the same word which is used for the expulsion of a devil from a man possessed. When you, when you rebuke a demon out of a man, when Jesus rebuked the spirit, the demon, the demonic power, is literally he thrusted him out of man. I rebuke you. So it's the same understanding. It's a force, it's a thrusting out. It has energy, there's momentum. It's not just casually going out to win the gloss. Hey guys, come to our Tuesday night thing. We'll give you some tea, some coffee, and a little encouraging word. Hope God will get your heart. No, God's thrusting us out. I have to preach the word of God. I have to pray. I have to heal. I gotta teach. I gotta proclaim with my life, with my words, with my family, the way I live. I don't take it lightly. But that's not my personality. He didn't ask you to, for you to live in your personality. He asked you to be transformed, to grow. And how do I do this? By the renewing of my mind in the things of God. The person you see in the mirror, the natural mirror, that's your natural self. But we are supposed to look in the spiritual mirror or God's word, his mirror, that should reflect us or reflect him within our life. The Bible, even Paul said this, be an imitator of God. So what does that mean? How did Jesus' ministry look like on the earth? Whatever it looked like, that's how it should look like in my own personal life, within my family, within our church, within this region. And anything else that is contrary to that, well, that is a man-made idea. That is man's ways of trying to achieve God's fulfillment for our lives. To thrust them out. See, it takes a great power to drive a devil out. And it will take equal power from God to drive a minister out to his work. Charles Spurgeon said that. Let me say it again. It takes great power to drive a devil out, and it will take equal power from God to drive a minister. Remember, you're a minister. I know we use the words interchangeably that I'm just a minister. No, we are ministers out to his work. Thrusting us out. There is labor to be done. There is work to be done. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.